This episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast is brought to you by Soapbox, the new home of censorship-free media. Find out more at SoapboxNews.com. Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. Guys, I am very pleased to welcome today's guest onto the show. She is an international business strategist whose speciality is helping business owners in their business and in their life. Please welcome to the show the owner of TrafalgarStrategies.co, Kerry Ann Powell. Kerry, welcome. Sam, how are you? I'm great, Carrie-Ann. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time out to come on the show with me. You look uh, extremely uh, effervescent today and very bubbly. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I decided to start 2023 feeling a bit effervescent. I think feeling feeling good is half the uh, half the battle when it comes. I tell you that. That's the truth. Yes, yes, (laughs) ma'am. That's the truth. So, man, your your resume is super long, Carrie Ann. So, like, I apologize for just dropping you straight in it. But <laughs> before we kick this off, um, yes. just just give the audience a super fast overview of who you are and uh, what you do over at Trafalgar Strategies. Absolutely, would love to, Sam. So, yeah, so um, Trafalgar Strategies is a business strategy firm. We primarily work with service based companies, small to medium size um, range. And you know what we do primarily is help businesses and primarily business owners run their businesses smoothly. So there is so much chaos in small business, right? Mm-hmm. And they show up in various different ways. And so what we do is primarily help businesses sort of stop, pause, take a look, let's see what's happening. And then let's start creating strategic objectives so that they can begin to really kick their business into shape and make it work. Some about making people thrive. I think we always say in the office, we're like, yeah, we're in the business of thriving businesses. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's yeah. A good, uh, yeah, that's a good thing. So man, uh, so many, so many things to touch on as uh, service-based companies. We do have a lot of, uh, of listeners in that field. So I'm, I'm sure to be very grateful for any tips you've got. Um, but let's let's go back to the beginning for Carrie Ann. Tell me what? a little bit about first off, you know, what you were like as a kid, and then uh-huh. how how you how you got into entrepreneurship. Well, you know, I was like one of those kids that I mean, literally, I was the president of the Future Business Leaders of America. In oh wow! <laughs> it didn't say that on your. It didn't say that on your uh, on your link. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. You should you should go back and put that on your LinkedIn. I need to lead with that, you know. Yeah, yeah. High school Total president of FBLA. <laughs> that, I mean, you know, it, it takes a special uh, spe- special kind of character to do high school uh, high school politics. It really does. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, I I really I think I always sort of was attracted to the idea of, and I think I think mainly because, you know, growing up you know, in our community, my father's friends were all business owners. And I thought I sort of looked up to the folks that were leading on, you know, even the folks that were in leadership at our church, people that mm-hmm. were in leadership in our community, they were always sort of business owners, you know, right, small right. inside business owners doing their thing and setting up and making sure that charities were, sta- were staying open and making sure that uh, committees were being run. And so I sort of you know, grew up with this idea that, you know, owning a business and being a leader in be- in business is a good thing. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. So so the president of a high school little <laughs> business association. And so did it you... was junior high, Sam, just to be clear, you know. <laughs> so what was that like? Maybe what, eight, nine years ago? It was ninth grade because our, our junior high school actually went up to ninth grade. So okay. technically it was high school-ish. It was ninth grade. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you do out of high school? Did you go and get a degree or did you start on your entrepreneurship no, journey actually, early? It's interesting. No, I went went to um went to college, I went to university and mm. um you know, while I was really excited about business, um you know, there was a big push in my family to either be a doctor or a lawyer or mm-hmm. something else yeah, along yeah. those lines. So at first I went to to university and majored um did pre-med. Mm-hmm. And um, and then realized when I finally got to physics that science is maybe not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> so 
<laughs> you know, um, but I... yeah, f- physics physics is kind of what yeah, I like chemistry, but physics definitely separated science. Oh my from god, me. I, I was... have a total respect, Sam. For oh people my god, who are yeah, like, mm-hmm. it's a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just know gravity always wins, and I, I yes. just I leave physics right there. I leave it right there, precisely <laughs> there. So, um, so then you know, after after graduating from college, I wasn't really hundred percent sure what I wanted to do, but I, I got working into um got a job working with the um united way um okay. and it's sort of our our you know sort of at that time it was the sort of fundraising ngo um that really helped um com- community charities mm-hmm. and at that particular time it's very connected to corporate so most of the folks on the board were met were ceos of corporations and so as i grew up professionally in that space mm-hmm. you know i was being able to you know work with you know, local CEOs of businesses. In right, right. And that really helped me sort of do a, you know, sort of peek behind the curtain a bit and mm-hmm. see where, um, you know, where relationships get developed, how you develop these relationships, how business intertwines with yeah. how our communities yeah. really grow and prosper. And so from there, I said, well, you know what, um, I, I'd love to find a way to be able to sort of be useful in, mm-hmm. in, creating policy that made sense, but also be able to, you know, to, you know, earn some money. So I went right, to law right. school. For sure. Oh, nice. <laughs> I went to law school, did, did, you know, became a lawyer, moved to Washington, you know, as worked as a lawyer, as a lobbyist for a bit. And then I had a real great opportunity to move out of that, go back into fundraising professionally um, by building the Martin Luther King Memorial. But that was when I really started realizing, you know what, um, business strategy, having strong strategic objectives, strong standard operating procedures that can connect the execution to the strategic objectives mm-hmm. are so important. And oh, whether yeah. it's, you know, whether it was with, with us when, you know, I was in charge of raising 120 plus million dollars for the, for the project, or whether it's someone who's, you know, has a, has a hairdresser um, salon um, on main street, mm-hmm. whatever it is, the point is if you have a strategy and you have a goal and you have the things that are, connect the goal to the execution, you know, it's all the same. It right. really is. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I, left, I left that and started this business. <laughs> and so how long ago was that? So let's see, I've been full-time since 2014. Oh, wow. So That's, yeah. You, in you, a bit. <laughs> pretty much, well, you pretty much made it then because, you know, mo- most of the most of the small business problems happen in those first few years, getting established and getting those systems built and functioning and, and then tearing them down and refining them and building them again. Tell you know, me so. about it, Sam. I mean, honestly, if you would have taken a snapshot back then and now, I mean, I've you know, there's various different iterations of the business. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, at first it was primarily consulting um with very large ngos around fundraising strategy and then it kind of evolved into a little bit of primarily you know coaching executive coaching and then it really mm-hmm. evolved into business strategy but in the end you know i always look at it and then that's a thing too you know Sam. i don't know if you noticed it as you as you you know do your podcast and you work in your own businesses like businesses is just evolves as oh, yeah. you, yeah. you see something else and you learn something new it just you know, evolves into something else, and I this think that's is, the joy of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, there's no, there's no finish line. There's no finish line. It's there you get, and, and and for me, I get something running, and then I look at, okay, how can I improve it? How can I do this? How can I do that? And then how does yeah. it integrate with the other businesses I've got going on? Is there any way we yeah. can run them together? And like, mm-hmm. it's just everything. And as you learn new strategies and you learn new techniques, you want to take that old foundation you've got and build on top of it with the new stuff. And so, yeah, business is, uh, for me, you know, it's it's an ever-evolving uh, mindset and target. And it, I got successful once and I said... <laughs> once? <laughs> yeah. So, so one time I got successful and I said, that's it, I'm done. I can retire. And I, I, and I stopped evolving. And that's when I learned that nope, in nope. if you're an once an entrepreneur, always an entrepreneur, always, always, always. yeah, you cannot always. you cannot sit at the house. No, <laughs> you know you have to always be. And the thing is, like for me, it's always like it's 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 in the end, it's problem solving, right? I, mm-hmm. I think I think that is what an entrepreneur is. They just sort of see a problem, they want to find a solution to it, 
And they use sort of business strategy to be able to get there. But in the end, it's all about problem solving. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, absolutely. And quiet time and sitting with that problem and working through it. And I think that's that's the challenge that keeps us all coming back is is solving yeah. the unsolvable problems. And solving the unsolvable. You know, I, and, I, and, you know, look, you know, the reality is I always tell people like, okay, yes, you know, running a business can be difficult in the, in the sense that it's not, you know, it's not like, you know, bread and butter mm-hmm. in yeah. terms of, you know. But at the same time, I do really believe that you can run a business smoothly if if you simply put some things into place. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not really rocket science either. It's just simply saying, okay, here are some foundational things that make a business work, and here are some behaviors that don't. Mm-hmm. So avoid <laughs> those, do these, then we're cooking it with mustard. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, it's easy to write that down on paper. Actually finding a client that'll that'll do that. well yeah you know it's funny i always say you know so you know my clients come to me they're they're, there's they're in a bit of pain right Mm -hmm. normally it's a cash flow issue because what that's the what that's the number one reason why you know businesses fail normally it's a cash flow issue or you know sometimes it's a it's an issue around um staffing they're they're not they don't have a strong team they haven't Mm -hmm. been able to figure out how to build systems enough so they're managing the system not the not the people or they may be burned out because they're wearing too many hats, mm-hmm. you know, or they can't scale. Usually those are the four big ones, frankly, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, you, you nailed them. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and they happen to also be the reasons why the majority of companies fail. Yep. So I'm like, okay, so if you have these things that are showing up in your business, well, then, uh, you know, I call I call that stuff chaos, symptoms mm-hmm. of chaos. And so what I try to do is kind of, you know, sort of like he is, small business surgeon. I try to go <laughs> in and kind of like, you know, figure out what are the real fundamental issues that mm-hmm. are happening in the business? Why these four sort of chaotic things are showing up. Right. Once you can really do that. Um, and if someone's serious about building a legacy build business, you know, they do the thing. Yeah. It's not, it, you know, it's not like you're pulling, you know, it's not like you're saying, here's some water, drink it. Cause look, entrepreneurs are people who have their own thoughts and independent mm-hmm. thinking. And I love that. But if you can kind of see a process, a system, and a tool that can allow you to execute the system, you just keep it moving. Because in the end, if you don't, the business will fail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not like an issue of, well, I'm going to stay and live in this chaotic business. It's like it's either dying or it's thriving. It's not really a... Stay, you know, you can't just stay at one spot. Right. There's there's no, I mean, sometimes you'll plateau and can take a breath, but there's, there's no really letting off the gas with business. You're either growing or you're not, you know, and yeah. that's, uh, that's just how it goes. How yeah. it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I got to ask you, you know, because you came from uh, a law degree and then mm-hmm. lobbying, and then obviously there's quite a bit of stability in in those kind of paychecks and i was getting at the point where you know you're you're an employee your output is directly proportional to your input but as a business owner that's not always the case and so was there any intimidation what did it feel like when you were coming out of the security of corporate to go out on your own as uh, as an entrepreneur for the first time yeah you know it was scary but you know what was scarier (laughs) not doing it yeah i just I, I remember the moment, and Sam, I mean, everyone, I mean, all entrepreneurs had to at some point have that moment when they decide. And I remember that moment. I was standing in my in my flat, and I was like looking in the mirror, and I was thinking to myself, if I go back, or if I, you know, because I had taken some time off, and if I go back and do this, this is it. This is the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And I just, I couldn't stomach it. I just, I couldn't stomach it. And that for me was a sign. It was time to do. So yeah, it was scary. Do you, do you <laughs> it know, was crazy scary. You just triggered. But, you just triggered a memory in me. That's the yeah. exact. That's the exact reason I left law. Um, my background was in oil and gas law, and yep. I looked at the guys that I was working with that were all 20, 30 years older than me. I'm like, no, I'm not staying. I'm not doing this. This is what I'm going to yeah. become. So, yeah. So yeah. 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 Wow. So did you face any serious challenges right off the bat getting this thing launched? What, what were some of the obstacles you ran into and what some of the things you overcame to to actually get your business up and running? Yeah, you know, one of them was actually the pullback, even though I had decided, you know, yeah, OK, this is it. I'm moving full time in the business. You know, you have you have a former life. So you've mm-hmm. got 
people and connections that know you a certain way. And, mm-hmm. and you know, when you're in D.C., it's kind of a small, I mean, it, it seems big, but it's a very small town. And so people know you a certain way. And so, um, you know, I would always get phone calls to do a thing from right. back in the day. or mm-hmm. And I had the temptation. I remember, too, I had a business coach. And even the business coach was like, why don't you, uh, you know, go back and do this or build, build your business on your former skill sets. And, you know, and I did it for a little bit and I was like, well, why did I go into business then if Mm -hmm. I'm like doing the same thing now, it's like a job that I have to own. It doesn't make Mm -hmm. any sense, but there is the pullback. And I think too, like, that's something that I think your audience really needs to recognize is, you know, nothing and nothing in life is like a straight sort of trajectory that way. Oh no, not at all. It's like this, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but so if, if you look at anybody's life, even you're the most, your biggest hero, the one who you love and you, you know, you wake up and that's, that's your hero and you fashion your life accordingly. Mm-hmm. If you start looking at the details of their lives, it's this, oh, you yeah. know, it's just up yeah. and down. And so, so you, yeah, just, you only ever see the ups though. Only the ups yeah, are public. The, ups, the, the the downs the downs aren't necessarily public, and you know, for the, there's some guys I follow that that have downs, and they actually post and talk about their downs, and it it makes things so much more realistic. Yes. I I think a lot of entrepreneurs get lost in the fact that they look at me or they look at you or they look at other businesses and all they see is like wow carrie ann's got her shit together i wish i was like her but they don't realize there's ups there's downs there's ups there's downs ups and downs i've looked at the bank account and been like okay we're gonna do today (laughs) roll up our our sleeves today yeah that's just that (laughs) that, but but that's how it goes sometimes i mean but instead of a a two thousand dollar problem you might Mm -hmm. have a twenty thousand dollar problem or a fifty thousand dollar problem we still got problems they're just there's different weights attached to the problem weights the problems Mm -hmm. exactly and i think that's that's really in the core you know like you know it's it's hard like it sounds so cliche and you know believe in yourself blah 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 but when you're down and out mm. and you're sitting there on your bed and you have to get up and make the next phone call that you don't want to make because, you know, the thing and the thing, mm-hmm. it really comes down to like, okay, you, you're you here. You done made the decision to be here. <laughs> so you, you really can't go back so much. Mm-hmm. So and you can't stay here because right here sucks. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, got, you just got to push it forward and believe that you know, believe in yourself, believe that it just, the universe is going to somehow get you out of word of whatever that down it, is. But it, the down is real. The down it always, is real. It always does though. And as long as you stick to what you're doing and keep going and keep trying, because what I tell clients that have, have struggled with this, and I've told myself this before, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's very strange, but in the six weeks it would, it would take you to clean up your resume and put word out and go interview and start getting jobs and, and finally get a start date. That's a six-week stretch. If you do your job and you work your referrals and you work your network and you call your past clients and you call your book of business, you could be making money way faster than six weeks. Way faster. So they, but it's all the mental state of the entrepreneur. It's that mindset yeah. that, that – and, and I don't think that – they don't teach enough about that in school because it sounds weird. Like, but my, since I fixed my mindset and since I Mm -hmm. speak things into existence, I know what my goal is. I know what the mission is. And therefore I can make the strategy to go execute, to keep things moving forward. And so it's, it's all mind based. So you absolutely hit it there, Sam, completely. (laughs) Well, no, I'm serious. That was that's it. I mean, in the end, that's it. It's it's the 80-20 rule. Mm-hmm. 80%. I mean, and I'm a business strategist. Okay. <laughs> so I'm about there is strategy, there's execution, mm-hmm. there are systems. I'm about that, but it's 80% anyway, mindset in the yeah. end. Mm-hmm. And you know, I have to I have to be bang on with stuff because that name behind me, the small business surgeon, it, it kind of, you know, I have to live up to it. <laughs> if I can't get it wrong, I'd have to give it back. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to be the small business doctor, you know. I made it to surgeon, I gotta keep that. <laughs> So anyway, back onto the interview. Um, Let's talk about something positive for a minute, because I know that you guide entrepreneurs through all kinds of of stuff. And so it's a double party question. What are some of the most common mistakes that 
you see entrepreneurs making as you start working with them that you uncover? And then secondly, what's the most rewarding aspect of doing this with entrepreneurs when you finally get rid of those mistakes? Yeah. Um, honestly, I think a part of it is um, there's so many common ones, but one that I would really want to point out right now, just because it came to me the other day, I, um, just this morning I was talking to someone, is about building strong teams. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I know it's, you know, it's one of those things where you either want to just hire people who had the flashy resume and just kind of say, you know, they were, you know, they come from this place, so they should know what they're doing and then mm-hmm. put them in and send them to go do whatever it is that you have them to do. But the reality is just because someone has experience, which mm-hmm. that's good, that's fantastic. But it's your business. They don't have experience in your business. Mm-hmm. So there's the a need to always recognize it's your business. It's it's your um that box, that little thing, that box that has the title that you're hiring for is something that you created in the universe, which is your business. Mm-hmm. So building strong teams, whether it's definitely hiring strong people, but recognizing that how you operate in your business and what actually needs to get done and what are the metrics that really, that you really look to Mm -hmm. is really important. And also hiring faster than you really think you do. I think that's important as well. I I find people are are so scared. Like they're okay with getting a VA. They're okay with, um, you know, getting administrative staff, Mm -hmm. but when it comes to getting people who are the, who are the folks that are going to actually be whether it's a service, because most of my clients are service, servicing the clients. Mm -hmm. It's like the scary moment of like, oh no, it's, it's, you know, either they don't want to hire because they think that only they can. No one will do it as good as me. Do the the thing. Or they don't like, they're worried that if, you know, am I going to be able to hit payroll? Mm -hmm. And you know, all these sorts of um, fears. I hear it it all the time. All the time. And it's like, look, you know, and I, I trust me, I get it. I, I was there too, you know, sort of like, oh my God, you get responsible mm-hmm. for these people. But in the end, really the truth, it's difficult to grow a business by yourself. Oh yeah. Like yeah. you can't, you can't grow the business without building a strong team and a strong team that reflects what it is that your strategic objectives are mm-hmm. and how Absolutely. you plan to do, how you do what you do in your business and so just it's because it's it's easy and it's, a, it's i mean i hate to say it's a little lazy it's gonna say okay here's a resume put them in the position and you know go with god without the idea of you know okay now here's how we structure here's how we train mm-hmm. here's how we do it here so that it's very clear for the for your team to know what it means to really perform well once you know that then okay then it's about managing the system and not managing the people because people are creative. Mm-hmm. But this idea where you don't want to spend the time to train or you don't want to hire at all or whatever the issues are around building a team, those are really big problems. It's one of the top reasons why businesses fail, not having a good team. Well, it's not fluffy. It's real. Building so- teams, man. Building teams is is probably one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do. And I've got it wrong several times. Yes. Um, and you know, it just, you've got a mixture of personalities. Um, you've got a, often, uh, especially in sales and, and creative, which is what I work in, there's, there's a mixture of sexes. Mm-hmm. And there's a mixture of uh, political ideologies. Mm-hmm. And keeping all that kind of working together as a nice big recipe where everybody's doing their part, it can be, it can be incredibly stressful for an entrepreneur. I mean, I understand why they say, I don't want to hire anybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know what? We're just going to stick it. We're just going to stick at two million this year, and uh, no, we're not hiring anybody. But <laughs> we're done. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. I was talking to one of my one of my I mean, closest childhood friends, and you know, she's you know hoity toity, high high person. So I'm not going to you know say what she does, but real high up. And she literally said to me one day, she's like, "Oh man, why do why do employees have to have emotions?" <laughs> So you, so you you want robots then is that is that what you say <laughs> well i mean <laughs> Look. You, you know there's some days you just like some happy little robots um yeah. i i love having employees i love having a team i love pouring into people and training them yeah. and managing them and all that good stuff and some days i just want happy little robots that will leave me alone and get their work done 
you know yeah. and and yeah yeah no, I, don't, I don't want to be chastised as the owner of a business for saying that but you know as the owner of a business some days you value peace and quiet well it's just i mean but it's just like parents right mm-hmm. parents who have kids they love their kids to death but some days they want to drop them off at grandma's for a bit you yeah. know <laughs> yeah so yeah. so i but i but i do think in the end if one doesn't really value a team value having um um, employees that are that are growing, expressing their own creativity, providing structure and systems that allow for them to operate within those spaces, creating spaces that make sense for their employees mm-hmm. to live in. I think you can't. You just there's just no way you can't grow a business that way. No, not at all. That's, my, that's one of those things that I just think you know just popped up as one of the things. And so you mm-hmm. know you're talking about a happy place. Yeah. One of the one of my clients who, you know, she had um probably. She had offices in 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 Europe, in um in Latin America, and then in on the continent of Africa. Mm-hmm. And so you're talking about a multicultural team. Yeah. yeah. And um she was dealing with cash flow issues primarily because she's a regulated company. And as a result, um, particularly during COVID, there was, you know, she had to really worry about really pivoting. I mean, really her industry was challenged. I mean, and you know, that was when she really had to, now she had invested quite a bit into her team and creating mm-hmm. autonomy and providing them with the tools they needed and providing them with the trainings and the how this is how we do it here. And in the end, you know, um, after doing, I mean, and I remember, I will never, ever, ever forget this, Sam, and I'm sure you've had the same experiences like during that time during COVID, <laughs> you know, and, and, and at the time it was, because um, I split my time between Europe and um, between Spain and the US. And uh-huh. at that time we had really, really strong um, lockdown measures. Right. And so I remember, you know, sitting in a conversation with her and literally she's crying, you know, on the phone. She's like, uh, I think I'm going to have to like close shop. I might have to let the team go. I mean, it was real serious, you know. But in the end, as we began to work through and really help her really begin to trust her team and trust what she had invested into the team, trust the systems and processes and allowed them to do what they do best and find ways to pivot, find ways to do this, all of the team from different locations. Mm-hmm. In the end, not only did she survive during those times, but she doubled her revenue, all right? Her team was able to get bonuses that were performance-based, um, pro- profit-based bonuses, as well as their performance-based bonuses, because she had never been able to do the right. um, profit-based bonuses before. And then third, her company was voted top 20 um, places to work in, in Spain. So I'm, what I'm saying is, like, if you focus on these things and you really sort of do the work, what ends up happening is you get the results. And that is, it's, it really is a direct result if you work on it. Yeah, yeah. I I think people underestimate that. Like the fact that if you want something, if you just focus on it, and if you keep working on it, and you keep coming back to it consistently over and over, it will come to fruition. It like comes that. to fruition. And, and that, that's not just within business, that's with anything you want. If you focus mm-hmm. on it and you work at it consistently, you'll get yeah. it. it. It's almost like reality reset sometime in 2012, and now we can do whatever we put our minds to. <laughs> I, I think it was true before 2012. I was just going with a conspiracy nudge there for you. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> All right. So I, I have more business questions. I'm just going to keep yeah. ask, asking you uh, asking you business questions. One of the ones that, um, and this is, again, this is one I start out with um, with, with my uh, new clients, is time management. So I'm sure that you're a huge, yeah. huge proponent of calendars and time blocking. So yeah. tell me a few things about how you manage to stay organized and keep your time moving efficiently, uh, being that you're in charge of a very busy company. Well, you know, I'll say this. The calendar is our friend. I'm always fascinated by people who don't, and, and who don't use it to <laughs> our advantage. I, I, it's our friend. It really is our friend. I, I can't. Um, I just, I can't. <laughs> use your calendars people they're free they're free really and and i think it's too what what i love about the work that i do i get a chance to see how other you know business owners Mm -hmm. are you know because like some people are you know like all of the colors and the thing and the thing some people are really tactile and they need to have a a paper planner with the leather Mm -hmm. thing and they got the pencils and some people are just like you know have it on their phone and they keep it moving Mm -hmm. either way I do strongly believe in 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 scheduling. Um, it, 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 
just random scheduling doesn't work. There, it has to be connected to again the strategic objectives of your business, mm-hmm. and and this gets back to the higher level, the 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 vision, purpose, and mission of your life. Right, right. right. And, and in the end, if if we can kind of look at that sort of you know life plan, business vision, the strategic objectives for this particular you know whatever, mm-hmm. and then it breaks down. Then you can kind of figure out, okay, what are the things that me as the owner of the business must be doing and engaged in? Like, uh-huh. what are those things? And if you look at your calendar and you find that you're doing a whole lot of stuff that you shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. and it's taking up hours of your time, it's now would be a good time to sort of back off and take a look. So one thing that you cannot outsource as the owner of your business you cannot outsource the strategic direction of the business. Mm-hmm. Like that's it's it's your responsibility. So that, you're, <laughs> go you're, ahead. Well, your your business is is almost always a direct extension of the business owner. The business is there as the as the vessel to fulfill the dreams and the mission of the the owner themselves. Yes. And, and so yes. it it yes. all st- it all starts up here in the owner's head. It all starts right. and ends with starts that, there, that owner goes here, uh-huh. gets there. Yes. So it, it's it's almost like if if you're it's important to sort of like I'd always say like to audit one's calendar all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is that whatever tools you use to to calendar your life, you know, to always take a look and see what is it that's it's that's on your calendar. So of course, business is a large part. Mm-hmm. We're business owners, but there are other aspects of our life that are important. Mm-hmm. Your family, you know, your community um, um, involvement, whether or not you're on some sort of charity board yeah. or volunteer or whatever, whatever it is that you do, whether it's your spiritual life, your physical life, whatever that is, it, it has to fall into your mm-hmm. calendar. But if you're auditing your calendar all the time and recognizing that, because in the end, you know, what is it? You can look at your calendar. You can look at your bank account. Those mm-hmm. two things are an indicator of what you actually value the most yeah in the end so if something's not working well let's let's take a look at your calendar really let's take a look at it yeah because you can tell you know even if you think you're doing a thing you know sam i don't know if you do this sometimes because i think a lot of us do it's like we have an idea in our head we're thinking we're marinating on it and then we come up with a solution in our head and we think and we're so far along in the thought process that we actually think we did it <laughs> i i've never fallen victim to that but i, I was with you on, up until then <laughs> because there's, there's actually something around the way the brain works if someone thinks about a solution and they think that they actually you know they've come up with this and they've like taken it to their mind to the nth degree mm-hmm. you actually begin to feel your brain actually begins to feel that you actually did the thing, even though it's really just your thoughts. Right. So you may, a lot of times we're like, yeah, you know, I've been thinking about doing this and then doing this and I'm going to do that. And that's how it's going to work in the business. But if it's not on the calendar, it didn't mm-hmm. actually happen. Yep. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I have to kick those thoughts though. I have to kick those yeah. thoughts. Cause otherwise I'd be building 73 different businesses and a petting zoo. Like, yeah. Just can't do it. Oh yeah, for sure. I, yeah. What? What? I. I don't know if this will help the other business owners. I hope it does. I hope the listeners and stuff. I write down everything I want to do. Everything. Every last little thing. It's all on a master to do list, and then everything gets kicked except the top two or three things that are most important to my mission. And yeah. Once those are done, I can take another look at the list. But that may take me a week. It may take me a month. I, and then I'm adding more to that list. So that yeah. way it gets out of my head. I get all my ideas out. I get everything I want to create out. Mm-hmm. But I keep that focus on the most uh, most most important things that need to be done. And yeah. I think a lot of entrepreneurs get lost in that in that mess of uh, chasing new squirrels. So so oh, we're at, and, and and doing new projects. And when mm-hmm. I when I onboard a new client, Carrie Ann, one of the first things I do is I send them a uh, it's just a it's a Google Sheet. And it's it's a blank Google Sheet with times filled out every 15 minutes. And it's to get them to engage and write down what exactly what they're doing during the day. Because I don't have time. I don't have time. I'm too busy. I'm too, and you find out about 80% of the things they do during the day are just good old time wasters that have nothing to do with building a business. 
But yeah. And mm-hmm. and it's not like waste. I mean, you know, look, entrepreneurs are smart people, right? So it's not yeah. like time wasters like, oh, I'm on TikTok all day. Mm-mm. But time wasters like things in your business that should not be what you're doing. Like mm-hmm. it should be delegated completely. And, 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 and yeah. that should. But the thing is, though, Sam, what I've noticed, I'm sure you've seen with your clients, is that we want to feel busy. We want to feel like we did a thing. So we do the easiest possible yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. And then we think we did a thing. That's what I'm saying. If you put the things that are priority on your calendar, Mm -hmm. then you know, okay, yeah, these are the things. I even have like a a thing on my on my my office calendar, my office wall, and says top three things for today. Top Mm -hmm. three things. Top three things. And you know, again, it also comes back to what is your role in the business. Obviously, as you're building, you play several roles. Right. The goal is quickly build that out mm-hmm. so that you can hire so that you can really be focused on the 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 the, the roles that only you as the owner can do yeah so, yeah so, I mean, so i recognize that there's a balance depending upon what stage of the business you are you're going to be probably doing a couple of boxes on the org chart and, and what is what's the first what's the first position that you generally hire for and and what are some of the tasks that you see entrepreneurs um, delegating at first because well, a, a lot of guys listening to this they're going to have small businesses or they're going to be solopreneurs they're going to want to step into this this world so um, what are some of the tasks you see initially start going out to assistance well you know so first things first once you've done your life vision it's aligned to your business vision and you have a strategic objective then build the org chart you, your you... org chart is very different than my org chart right yeah go on someone's template to say, oh, this is what, these are the positions that I need to have in a business. Build your org chart mm-hmm. based on your business. Amen. And I would say, build it, build it big. Like I always recommend build it five years out mm-hmm. and then, you know, kind of work from there. So now you have the org chart. And of course, you know, you, your name is in all of the boxes. Right. So, right. Okay, fine. I recommend starting from the bottom up. Yes. So that way you can, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I want to hire a COO. Yeah, but see, you don't really have a. <laughs> you don't really have an O to C over, you know, there's no operation. What are you going to, what are you going to do? You know, I don't understand this, but so start from the bottom up. So whatever it is in each department. So maybe you have a sales assistant role in, in your org chart. You know, you may not need a sales assistant role, but maybe someone else does, but you have your sales assistant role in the, in your org chart. You might have a um, uh, a lead generation person um, assistant role in that, and then you might have a uh, a person who manages uh, make sure that client success happens mm-hmm. in in the business. So maybe you have those three that are kind of junior roles in the bigger departments of right. client success. Build that out, hire that, move up the next level, mm-hmm. right? Get get the director of sales and the whatever whatever. Build that out, move it up, and the more you do that, then it's taking all these other things off your plate. Yep. It gives you more oxygen and, and, and capacity to then sort of look at the business as an entity outside of yourself, mm-hmm. you know, because that's important. And yeah, then you begin to build it out. And the next thing you know, you really are, you know, the chairman of an of, of a board of an organ of a company that you you run. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you just you literally delegate. I mean, the way I structure it now is is what tasks can be done for $15 an hour and how quickly can I train those and get those off the calendar and then move up like that. And just, what tasks yeah. can be done for 25 and you just mm-hmm. you just keep going on. So um, yeah. now you're mainly involved in putting together strategies for service-based businesses, correct? Yes, I mean, I do have a couple companies that are, you know, manufacturing, blah, 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 but for the most part, it's service-based. Right, for sure, for sure. So what are some of your favorite tools that you help to put in place for service company owners um, that maybe are are struggling a bit to keep things organized and keep things moving forward? Well, one tool, and and I'm going to, like, in terms of, like, actual software that I use, yeah? Yeah, anything. Like, most most of these guys aren't going to have anything set up they're not going to have a crm they're not going to have a website or any of that kind of stuff so okay, I, well, we, we were just going down that path today going down that path mm-hmm. what i would i first again being a business strategist i am first thing i would do is literally be clear about what your strategy is it's a great um app that i use in my business that i recognize my clients using it's called cascade and literally 
it allows for you to break down your strategy into smaller bite-sized pieces. So from 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 objectives all the way down to sort of activities to um down to tasks, of course, assuming you have your org chart. Mm-hmm. So every one of those things allows you to assign a person an a, a KPI or a task yeah. or a, a full-on objective, and they're responsible for you can track how it's going, how it's moving, and you can provide notes and so forth. It's a fantastic app. If you're the only person in your business, you're the one whose name is on all of those things, <laughs> but you can track to see how you're doing in all of these areas. So oh, when nice. you kind of realize, wait a minute. I don't have enough sales coming into the business. Well, let's take a look at that objective of sales. Mm-hmm. And say you wanted to bring in, say, 100 new you know, customers this quarter or whatever, but you didn't have any sales conversations and you didn't have any, then you can see where the, where the break is. You might have had maybe 100 sales conversations, but then didn't close anything. It gives you opportunity to sort of look at your business at an entity outside of yourself, sort of behind and and look at it from that. So I love Cascade. I really, I just, you know, I'm, I'm not getting any money from it. I just think it's a great app. <laughs> so, um, you know, and so once you sort of have those strategies, you have all of your KPIs, all the things that work, that are going to work out for you, then you kind of think, look, I don't believe in just getting tools for the sake of getting tools sake. So you think about what works for you And what are the things that are most important? If you're early stage, it really is primarily getting revenue in the business, frankly. Right, right. So you are going to need to have a way to be able to manage how you are uh, moving people along your sales process. And if you're early days in your business, I believe in simple is best. Absolutely. So early, early days, pipe drive to me is probably one of the more simple CRMs to sort of be able to see it's Kanban style, Sam, you just move the little mm-hmm. person along the thing. Did I have this conversation? Yes. It allows you to go in and say, okay, I was supposed to have a conversation with this person. Didn't do it. Okay. Bing, red light, red light, or whatever. Right. So right. that, that gives you, and it, it, it is a place to house all the contact. Now I'm not really about dumping every single person you had a conversation with, like, you know, the grandma's, <laughs> You know, right, right. Your grandma's person does your grandma's lawn, and you know whatever. But these are real leads who you think you can convert. You put them in in pipe drive, and then you make it work. As you get bigger, and your and your company gets bigger, yeah, you may want to go to some of the bigger CRMs that are more robust. Blah blah blah. But I really am a big fan of pipe drive for the purpose of early days, Mm -hmm. early days sales. Then of course you need to think about how you're going to manage your money stuff. If you don't have a book, you know, the first thing you want to get is a bookkeeper. If you don't have a bookkeeper, get a bookkeeper now. But you obviously need to have, you know, a QuickBooks or something like yeah. that that allow for you to. And here's the thing. When you get your monthly stuff from your from your from your um, from your bookkeeper, you really want to be able to have an opportunity to be able to see your cash flow projections. That's one of the biggest problems, Sam, that I noticed that they're getting the stuff at the month, at the end of the month that they're, that the bookkeeper has done, it's all organized and they're looking at it. They can read it. Sometimes they can, I don't know, you know, I'd recommend learning how to read those documents, <laughs> No doubt. But, it, but I do think it's really, really, really important by way of, again, 82% of businesses fail because cash problem. Mm-hmm. A lot of the reasons is because they can't see further than say the first, say the say a month out right. to be able to know. So if you can have a, a cash flow, and, and this can be this can be literally an Excel spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Um, some of those um you know, QuickBooks, Quick and those kind of places sometimes have good cash flow forecasting within the app within the the, the app itself. Right, right. But you can just literally have a spreadsheet and have your bookkeeper just import that information so that you can look and see what does the quarter look like? What does the year look like? Oh, wait, um, everything's looking really great right now, but four months from now, there's a huge dip. <laughs> so I need to either plan, like maybe you have a client rolling off at that point, and that's why mm-hmm. you have a huge dip. So you know you don't you have a deadline to get new clients to fill that gap. Maybe um, it's an issue of, wait a minute, I have a big bill coming in at that point. 
So then I need to, maybe I can have the, have the, you know, the, the lender or whatever the vendor is to space it out a little bit for right. you so that you don't look, there are ways to do these things. Again, I'm not an accountant. You talk to your CFO, the accountant, the bookkeeper, you do that kind of stuff. But if you can have your bookkeeper give you a, a, a really great sort of, I like to, I mean, honestly, I love it to at least be out a year, but you know, two quarters is perfectly fine. I think it allows for people to see where things are cash wise in their business. Cause look, cash is king. Profits are great. Oh, yeah. Cash is king. That's right? the truth. Yeah. So, so if you can see where things are going, you don't have to worry so much. You can you can plan ahead. It doesn't come up on you and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in the negative or I'm not gonna be able to, to do this. That's yeah. the, so there's some of the tools that I really love to, to you know. To, to <laughs> yeah, like if you don't have control of that, what do you really have control of? So absolutely. Yeah, so mm -hmm. some great, great ideas there. <clears throat> I wanna ask now, cause you deal with business owners and you know, in my experience, most business owners that reach out for consulting are already having problems. They're already yes. like in the suck. Um, yeah. What are some things that you can do to help business owners just manage those ups and downs, manage those wins and losses? Because uh, you stack two or three losses back to back and it gets very hard for a solo business owner. So so what are, what are some techniques you learn that can maybe help those guys through that? Well, you know, honestly, first there there is a need to sort of pause and breathe you know you can begin to doubt yourself like doubt yourself big time when oh, yeah. those when you've been hit bam 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 so let's say you're at that point just pause a bit and and go back to why you're doing the thing and rem and just sort of try to get whatever is within you that wanted you to do this to do this try to get back hold of that person yeah and and kind <laughs> of and there's you know sam there's an interesting thing there's a lot of shame that people feel when they're sort of, you know, have hit failure a bit a lot oh, of yeah. times. Yeah. And I just, you know, look, I, I, I always say you're not alone. You just, you're just not alone. And the, all the heroes, all the business heroes you see, anyone that you, 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 you idolize in business, they did the same thing or did worse. Like they had Absolutely. the word of worse. Yeah. I first I tell people... yourself, you're not alone, you mm -hmm. know? People don't share that enough. They don't yeah. share that enough. Like the, the one of the biggest components of becoming successful is learning through failure. Yes. And losing. And if yes. you don't lose in the five figure room, you can't make it to the six figure room. And if you don't lose in the six-figure room, you can't make it to the seven-figure room. Yes. And you'll never build an eight-figure business with five-figure players. Exactly. And, you know, it. Exactly. I don't like when entrepreneurs get down on themselves and give up because they don't realize that at any given point, 30% of the people in the room are going, shit, I'm overdrawn this month. Like at any yeah. given point, you go to the Chamber of Commerce, it's yes. credit cards and car leases, you know? <laughs> so and and yeah, all, it, no, totally. all it takes is two steps down the wrong path and you're, wrong you're path. staring down another six or seven figure loss and then you question yeah. yourself again but the seven figure losses are what lets you back in the seven figure room it's what gets you yeah. it's learning the, those ropes and I, learning absolutely and you know the thing is too like once you kind of at least you don't have to feel like you're Superman or get back on the horse like, oh, I'm ready. But once you have a little bit of energy, mm -hmm. then let's start taking a real look. Because like I said, most times, I mean, you know, I'll bet the farm on it. Mm -hmm. Most times the problems are not the problems they think they are. They're underlying problems that are underlying problems that can be fixed. Yeah. yeah. In and the it, end. It, it's so, so it's amazing. Like, it's like having a pebble in your shoe. Yes, it's, it's a tiny little thing, but it throws off the entire run, entire thing. Yes, I and... know. <laughs> and and the thing is too, sometimes people don't want to like, you know, they they I don't know. I guess I guess we're wired to feel like it should be a bigger problem because the problem that I'm feeling is big. So the the reason why it's happening should be massive in order to me to feel like it's worth it. But in the end, it's it's a millimeter a millimeter shift. Mm -hmm. So, but the thing is, fish can't see water, Sam. So if you're in the water, you can't often see the water. 
I'm gonna have to so Google you... that. <laughs> I never thought about. I never once thought could can a fish see water. Fish can't see That's water. That's strange. I well, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. So you, a business owner, has a very difficult time seeing the foundational underlying issues that are causing the chaos in their business. Yeah, it's very difficult to do that. And it, it's. <sighs> It's so easy for a lot of people to help other entrepreneurs say, hey, I can see your problems here, try it this way, but be uh, unable to see their own because they live so close to the problem. They're so close to the woods that they can't see the trees, you know? Live too close, live too close. <laughs> That's why there's nothing wrong with asking for help, you know? Ah, and, but we're all conditioned not to ask for help, aren't we? We're conditioned to like you. you it's the way it's supposed. You've seen Rocky Four, where he goes off in the in the snow and he shuts himself in the cabin and he doesn't ask anyone for help. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's the mindset of every thirty-five-year-old entrepreneur. They just shut down. They they don't say, "Sam, I need help." They they only come to me when they go, "Sam, I fucked up." You know, there's well, a there's well, a whole there's a whole gap between those two whole statements. Gap. <laughs> yeah. it's a whole gap. Like, man, when it was time to get help, I could have helped you here. Now yeah. you fucked up. I don't know how we do this. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, totally. But I do think, I do think, you know, the first, 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 first step is releasing the shame, recognizing that everyone is in that same place or has been. I think once you can release the shame a tiny bit, even if it's not complete, but to enough that you can be able to put your head above the water enough to get a little bit of oxygen and then begin to say, okay, yeah. Um, I can't see where the problem is, but there has to be someone that can help me. Right. The question is always for me, who, who can help me? Mm -hmm. Not what, but mm -hmm. who, yeah. because I'm assuming Sam, that you are way more brilliant in some area of life than I am. And I'm more brilliant in some area of life than you are. Absolutely. So in some context, if you can't figure it out, there is someone else mm -hmm. way more brilliant in a particular area mm -hmm. that if you just got away from the shame part of mm -hmm. failure, which is not really a thing anyway, um, you can ask for help. And I have found when folks come to, when businesses come to me and they're at that place where they're feeling the pain, it literally is a one millimeter shift mm -hmm. yeah the, the 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 most thing i notice most about the the high performing guys that i know the the wealthy guys is that they're very very quick to jump and they're very very quick to ask questions yes. and there's no shame in asking questions and saying how do i do this how do i do that and for all you shy guys out there, for all you entrepreneurs that don't like networking, for all you guys that think you're going to do it from behind the keyboard or whatever, the very, very, very best way to increase the value of your network is to find networking events and give value to them. And then when you do have a question, you've got a couple of hundred people you can lean on. And there's, there's, yes. there's always experts. And business networking was something i didn't take seriously until a few years ago and now i'm very glad i did because of the amount of people i can reach out to mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah man i mean sam can you imagine like you know i mean and this is not like a new thing right right it's not like this idea but it's 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 how the world has operated since time oh yeah and I, you know, I think, you know, in this day and age, this whole idea of do it yourself, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I don't know. That's the biggest lie I've ever just been told. <laughs> it's the biggest lie <laughs> because yeah. in the end, no one, if, if we, if we consider that everyone is brilliant in another capacity, mm -hmm. that means that if you have access to, to good people, good relationships, and you add value from what you have... Also, too, Sam, I don't know if you noticed this, but a lot of people think that the value they have to bring is only the value they have to bring from their own business or their own career. Mm -hmm. So they're only bringing that value. But relationship currency is across the board. Yes. Yeah. So if you if you if you like flowers, <laughs> right, and you're good at growing orchids, you know, and someone, you know you met somewhere happens to really like orchids, but they can mm. never grow them. You add value and give them a tip on that. That's adding value. Mm. It's not like value has to be 
from the, you know, oh, I'm this business person, whatever. Value is whatever the person is is in the eye of the person that's receiving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I what value is. Completely agree. Yeah. You, and to, to those of you that intimidate and think, well, I don't have anything to contribute to a networking group, Carrie Ann makes the point. You may go to a business networking group and find somebody that has the exact same hobby as you do and trade off some recipes. It has nothing to do with business. It's the idea of everybody with common interests meeting in the same room and then we go from there, you know, yes. that's it. And, and you say, how can I help? You just go in with that attitude. Um, all right, carry on. I got a couple more questions and then I'm gonna have to let you go. This has been a fun <laughs> hour. And um, before I ask you the, the final couple of questions, I want, you to, I, I want to thank you for enlightening me because while we were talking, I did go on Google and it turns out that fish cannot see water, which has completely just blown me away. But then why would they see water? They live in it, we don't see it. But now I'm reading all these articles from uh, farmingaquaponics.com, fishingadvisor.com, thenewsurvivalist.com, sealifeplanet.com. <laughs> All of them. I love it. It's, so today I learned that fish and the man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's great. All right. So real, real quick, <laughs> I got uh, just just a couple more questions that I ask all of my guests. Okay. So um, and it's it's been an absolute delight hanging out with you today, Carrie Ann. Yeah, totally. It's been fun, man. Um, so the show is aimed at. Uh, Young business owners, people that are young in business, not necessarily young in age, just young business owners coming up. If there was something now, one piece of advice, you could go back to yourself five years ago or maybe even 10 years ago and just give yourself one little piece of business advice, what's that one standout piece that you'd go back and tell yourself? You know, it's not that serious. Mm. Don't take it so, don't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> because, I mean, this is, you know, yes, of course, it's your livelihood. It's how you're going to feed your family and, you know, it's your employees and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But in the end, right, it, it really is just us expressing our divine selves in another format. Mm-hmm. You know, we see kids and they're doing all of their things and you know expressing themselves in whatever way they're doing it they're not really taking themselves so seriously they're doing their thing and it's just beautiful to watch them doing their thing right do your thing enjoy your thing bring your value but you know enjoy your life amen (laughs) (laughs) all right last question carrie ann thank you uh, again so much for coming on where if the listeners have enjoyed the show where can they find you on social media where can they follow along and where can they learn more about your business trafalgar strategies absolutely find me on linkedin um if you're there hit me up send me a hi i'd love to connect with you um and you know on my you know on my website there are lots of different ways that you can kind of connect with me through email Mm -hmm. and phone blah 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 but, um, you know, check, check out the website. If you feel as if, you know, there's some a value that you might need, a, there's lots of t- resources that can get you past your hump. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so check out the website and hit me up on LinkedIn and let's just get started because here's the thing. I strongly believe that the next new invention the next new thing that's going to like come out of um out of you know our society that even the next twist the next revolution whether it's you know it was industrial then it was technology and now whatever the next thing is comes from people who decide to start a business so Amen. do your thing don't take it too seriously but take the fact that the impact that business owners have on our communities, on our societies, on our countries, on our nation, on the world. It's very important. And so just do it and do it well. I love it. I love it. All right. We will put the links to your LinkedIn page and to your website for TrafalgarStrategies.co. We'll put those in the show notes so the guys can go check it out. Guys, if you've enjoyed today's show, please do me a favor. Do carry on a favor. Let's uh, share the show. You can find us on Instagram at Small Business Surgeon, on Facebook, on RSS, Twitter, Spotify, all those good places. Um, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate the shares, the likes, and the reviews. And uh, go over to uh, TrafalgarStrategies.co and show carry on some love. 
All right, you'll be good. Stay safe, and I will see you for Friday Fire. Carrie Ann, thank you very much. Santa man, thank you. All right, we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in. This episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast is brought to you by reengageme.com. Customer acquisition retargeting made easy. Generate more revenue for your business without taking time away from doing things you actually love.